Hey guys, Press Gallery host Emma Graney here with another quick reminder to subscribe. Leave us a rating. Any questions, comments or concerns, of course, always reach out. You can either email me, egraney at postmedia.com or you can track me down on Twitter. I'm super easy to find, at Emma L. Graney. Enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Press Gallery, the Edmonton Journal's politics podcast. I am your host, Emma Graney. I'm the provincial affairs reporter here. It is 15th of June. It is June 15th. It's the 15th of June. Either way you want to say it, it's also 2018. And this is the beer and by-elections edition. With me today, my fellow legislative reporter, Clancy. Clancy. I'll give you a first name as well. Claire Clancy. How I are always you? appreciate a first name. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> I'm <welcome>. good. <laughs> I just call you Clancy all the time. Sometimes yeah. I forget that not everyone does. For that. a long time in university, people called me Clarence, so I'm not... Uh, Clarence? I have many, many nicknames. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Paula Simons. Hello. I, I am here without my bottle of Buckley's mixture. We're going to see if I can make it through a week four of the never-ending cold. You sound a you lot sound better. I sound much yeah, better. Yeah, I'm much better. Thank you. For all, for all of you at home who were listening, thank you so Worry much. Thank you health. so much for your cards and your letters and your flowers. I really appreciated <laughs> all the all the wonderful wishes that you've shared with me. It's it's been very inspiring. <laughs> and Graham Thompson, how are you, mate? Uh, good morning. How are you? Oh, good. Nice good. day. Yeah. I just but my day was just made before the <laughs> podcast started. <laughs> and if Paula wants to repeat the words she was using, I'd really be grateful. I'm not sure we can do that on the <laughs> podcast. Um, all right. So this week we're going to be talking beer. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, it's a cultural <laughs> thing. I can't be helped. Um, there are a few things that have happened around beer this week, weirdly. We're actually, weirdly. But um, we had a trade ruling on beer. We have a possible beer war on the horizon. A beer war brewing, if you will. Oh. Hey-o. Uh, and also... We have a World Cup beer-themed thing happened. Um, also, finally, finally, we have by-elections. The, rip dro- the writ dropped yesterday for two by-elections in Alberta. So that's, um, I don't know, good news, probably, if you're a candidate or a We were all waiting voter. for those dates. Oh, so God, waiting so long. And if you're a political junkie, that's, it's, it's, good, yeah. it's, good news. it's good news for the 37 people in Alberta who are super, <laughs> super, super excited about by-elections. I'm one of them. And <laughs> as am I, checking every <laughs> yep, day. So the majority are in this room right now. Graham just looks like, nah. <laughs> and we will very, very briefly talk about the trade war and where Canada and Alberta sits in that whole nonsense mess because that's a quick add-on to everything (laughs) yeah that's just an aside side note um all right let's start off with beer because that's how every day should start uh no maybe well you know what it will start that way if you're watching an early fifa world cup game there was an announcement here uh in the deep south of edmonton um i felt like i was in montana so far south. Ellerslie, we went to a bar there. And uh, MLA Rod Loyola for the area, he um, is Chilean. He's a massive soccer fan, football fan. Although he won't Chile say, is not, yeah, he yeah. won't give a team that he's supporting. Because no. Chile didn't make the didn't make the World Cup. It is a it is a national scandal in Chile. Mm-hmm. Nor did Italy, which Joe Sisi, finance minister, is very disappointed about. Anyway, the point of the this Netherlands story. also out. <laughs> but Canada is in. No, no, they're not, Graham. <laughs> Stop it, Graham. No, no, it's not. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of rugby. Sorry. Which is a fast. Oh no, it didn't, didn't do it that well last weekend either, did they? 
Canada. Canada will be in the World Cup in 2026 because Canada it will be co-hosting be. <laughs> the World Cup in 2026. We get yes. a buy-in and we might get games in Edmonton. We might get to see them play here. And I bet that there will be beer. And yes, this week... The, uh, the point of this story the point is... The story is that they, they've, they've, they've <laughs> relaxed liquor licensing laws in Alberta At least uh, to, to make it possible for people to drink in bars while they watch the World Cup with the time zones from Russia being as they are. Yes. This comes on at the same time that Jason Kenney uh, announced that he was going to end the war on fun. Because when I think, you know, when I think of Jason Kenney, <laughs> I, I think of fun, putting, putting the fun in, putting, putting the fun in, putting the fun in fun. That's Jason Kenney. So it, it's interesting, um, the timing of this. I mean, this was not unexpected. This is what Alberta governments have done in the past when there have been uh, big events. I mean, didn't they just what was the last one they changed the rules for for the Olympics? The Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics. Yeah. Clancy, you actually spoke with Rod Loyola, didn't you, about this? Yeah, and he said it wasn't. He he didn't expect any opposition from it, and um, Joe Cece as well. He you know he was on board from the beginning, so it means that people can basically go to the bar at like five thirty in the morning. There's one game you can go at three thirty in the morning. Four a.m. for Australia, Australia versus France. <laughs> yeah, and you it's can drink in the early hours. So and then uh, basically the uh, you'll be able to be served half an hour before and half an hour after. What a time to be alive. So, yeah, that's um, good news if you're a soccer watcher who also enjoys a cold one whilst you watch the football. I suppose if you're watching the French game, you could also have a, you know, a glass of yeah, Beaujolais. You, I mean, you, you know. can drink whatever you like. The rules aren't just about beer. Champagne. <laughs> yeah, the, nothing goes together quite <laughs> like champagne and uh, and a soccer game. I don't know. If I were, if I were drinking at yeah, yeah. 5, 5.30 in the morning, I like a mimosa would probably. That's a good idea. Well, because there are, we have plans afoot to go and watch that game, Australia versus France. So maybe we will drink mimosas because of your French heritage. Yes, because of my French heritage, as you can hear from my accent. But but it it is fascinating, right? I mean, Alberta, Alberta conservative liquor laws are like baked into the DNA of this province. And when you see, you know, Jason Kenney announcing this week that he's going to lead lead the, the the battle against the war on fun, I'm thinking, sweetheart, it's it's been you know. The, the parties of your predecessors. I mean, Aberhart, not a big fan of the fun. Harry, Harry Strom, not known for his liberalization of liquor laws. Uh, you know, so it's, it's it's intriguing to see who gets to who gets to and vote, even who under, gets to be team fun and and climate even when climate was premier they didn't uh, they changed they didn't change that many laws so the laws in place have been around for a long time. And Kenny's talking also about getting cheaper beer. Oh, I wonder taking, where he got that idea. Uh, exactly. This comes from, of course, our uh, his friend Doug Ford in, in Ontario with the election there, the Buck of Beer, where Ford, I think, promised to change the regulations to allow brewers um, to put up cheaper beer and the government would, wouldn't be taxing them as much. So it'd be Buck of Beer. Now, what Kenny's talking about is free the beer. He's saying we should have basically free free trade. Free beer. No, free <laughs> the free beer. beer. <laughs> no, it's interesting. Beer. Yes, you take, take the word the out, it changes yeah. it completely. Uh, so free the beer, meaning having basically freer trade, free trade in beer, of course, which isn't going to happen because provinces are the ones who regulate the importation of alcohol, and they don't want to have the the all, all the trade barriers brought down because they want to have the, the power, the monopoly over importation of alcohol, make a lot of money off it. Another thing that happened this week, speaking of beer trade, uh, there was a trade panel decision 
against Alberta because Alberta had appealed the original ruling. Uh, basically, a Calgary company called Artisan Ales or Artisanal Ales or something along those lines had taken the province to court over, or to the trade panel over changes it made to the beer markup and a small brewer's grant that the Alberta NDP government brought in. They changed the beer markup, so it was $1.25 a litre unless beer was brewed in Saskatchewan, Alberta or British Columbia, all members of the New West Trade Agreement. Then they changed that and said, no, you know what, screw it, it's going to be $1.25 a litre on all beer brewed everywhere, uh, but Alberta small brewers will get a um, a grant, so we're going to help them along. Uh, and since the government introduced that, there's just been an explosion of craft beer um, popping up all over Alberta. But this company specializes in importing beer particularly from Quebec. So their products were getting hit with a higher markup. They were unhappy with that, and they said that the grant was unfair. So off to court slash panel slash trade Don't people say we court. go. Don't say court. Many lawyers will get mad. It's not a court. No. It's a trade Sorry. tribunal. Off to, tri- off to the tribunal we go. Uh, they did. So basically the government lost the first case. They appealed it, and then the ruling, the panel said, no, nah, government's wrong. Company's right. And now the government is left to try and potentially change its small brewers grant. Yeah, what's really driving the Alberta government crazy is that they say every other province puts up barriers to Alberta yep. beer. And what's happening here is because we have, even though the government still has a monopoly on importation of alcohol, the actual stores that sell them are privatized. So the stores can say to the, not to, uh, the government, we, we want to import X number of beer from Ontario, whatever. Whereas Ontario, it's all controlled by the uh, Ontario liquor. By the man, man. By, by the province. And they determine what gets into the province. So Alberta is saying they have barriers put up to our beer. Mm-hmm. And we have very open trade here on beer, relatively speaking. So we're getting hammered. And other provinces are taking advantage of the fact that we have a different playing system uh, in uh, how we sell alcohol in each province. And, of course, that comes off the back of the... what That was a court ruling, wasn't yeah, that it? Was a Supreme a, that was a Supreme, Supreme Court decision that said, yes, the provinces are within their rights to ban the, you know, say that you Limit can't, you can't go over the border and, and schlep back a bunch of beer. I mean, it's all, it's all completely and utterly ridiculous. And at this moment when, you know, Canada is wagging its finger in the face of the United States and saying trade barriers are bad and tariffs are bad and subsidies are bad, I mean, the fact that we cannot get it together within one nation to have open borders is deeply silly. I don't, as previously discussed on this show, while I do drink Buckley's out of the bottle, I do not drink beer. <laughs> I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't give a feckless flap uh, about <laughs> about about beer tariffs in terms of what they mean in my personal life. I just think it is absurd that in 2018, we still have a country that puts up interprovincial trade barriers of this nature, um, while at the same time putting ourselves out there as free traders. It just makes us look dumb. This is something that I've actually asked CeCe about in the in the past and said to him, well, if there's an issue here, why don't you why don't you take this to court? Why don't you press these issues if it's such a problem? And he'd said in the past, yeah, well, we're just kind of not interested in fighting that fight right now. But he did say the other day when I pressed him after the this most recent trade tribunal decision, he did hint at the fact that the government is going to do all it can, all it can. It's going to look at all of its options. And I said, does that mean you're potentially going to take other provinces to court over their beer rules? And he said, yeah, yeah, it does mean that. So that's an interesting development because they have not taken that line before. That's very, very new for them. 
just seems to me, though, that the problem still goes back to the fact that the provinces have a monopoly, and the courts have backed this up on the importation of, of alcohol, beer, wine, and spirits. And the courts have said, yeah, the provinces have, a, have their own uh, rules, and, and they're entitled to, to put limits on how much you can actually bring into the province. So I, I don't see them going to court as being any, in any um, to me, um, realistic chance of changing the rules. It's like what's what Notley was talking about um, when when uh, Kenny talked about you know free the beer you know free your trade in beer and she said that's like going to a dance alone and trying to do the the two step or whatever with there's nobody else there to dance <laughs> with because all the other provinces I are mean, not going to play just, along. Just, just Kenny might no, no, no I'm just not going to I'm just not going to finish that <laughs> thought. Um, war on fun, uh, you know I I <laughs> no dancing <laughs> no dancing I you know we. Uh, we had a wonderful colleague who worked here for many years, David Evans, who was the uh, chief of our editorial board, um, who whenever he would get frustrated with governments making ridiculous provinces at election time, he would throw his hands in the air and say, more beer and wider roads, um, <laughs> you know, meaning that that's you know, what any government would promise you and you would stupidly vote for it. But, but honestly, I mean, it, it is funny to me as a person who thinks beer is blech, to see the way it becomes this symbolic flashpoint for politicians. I mean, um, you know, you'd think that if there were a federal leader who could who could argue for getting rid of beer tariffs between provinces and beer trade barriers, that that person might get some traction. But not only can we not sell milk in any kind of organized way, we can't sell <laughs> beer that way either. Good job, Canada. Keep it real. <laughs> Uh, I want to move topics now over to the by-elections. Uh, we have two of them, Innisvale, Sylvan Lake, and the other one in Fort Murray, Conklin. Um, Graham, mm, you look mm, so excited no, about I, this. What? It's democracy in you action. You just pretended to fall asleep. I did not pretend. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? More beer and wider roads. <laughs> Graham's going to be up there for all the campaigning. <laughs> all the stories to come from it. July 12 is, of course, the day that uh, voters will go to the polls. Yeah, and two by-elections um, in Fort McMurray. Of course, that's replacing um, Brian Jean. And the other one is um, Sylvan Lake. Innisvale, Sylvan Lake. Yeah, um, replacing an MLA from the Wild Rose UCP, who, of course, is being charged with... Uh, sex assault against a minor, Don McIntyre. So, um, yeah, the thing is, I don't want to be... I'm democratic and and predict these things, but I'm predicting the UCP is going to walk away with both. So well, I mean, it would be completely astonishing yeah, if they didn't. I mean, McIntyre's seat is safe UCP territory. I mean, Fort McMurray is an arguably more diverse community. Voter turnout in Fort oh, McMurray no. is traditionally uh, some of the lowest, if not the lowest, in the province. Turnout in by-elections is even lower. I mean, it you know, if anybody shows up in Fort McMurray to vote, it will be. It will be a surprise. Um, I shouldn't say anybody. You know what I mean. In the if a lot of people like, turn up, they get like twenty five percent turnout. I think in elections. Yeah, oh, yeah. If, if they terrible. had the by election in a bar at three in the morning <laughs> while the World Cup was on and they were serving beer, they would get a better and turnout. And free beer with wide roads <laughs> they can drive to. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be the UCP. Of course, right now you got the both parties UCP and the 
NDP taking shots at each other. Yeah, Clancy, you saw that press release yesterday from the NDP? Yeah, so the NDP sent out a press release yesterday basically accusing the UCP of putting candidates up who are political insiders, which I don't know why that would be a surprise to anyone. (laughs) So I feel like... And the NDP, did they ever put political insiders up for positions? Yeah, I don't know why that was was an interesting news release. Emma and I were both kind of chuckling about it because I don't know what what you'd expect in a by-election where you think your um, party is strong in that area but yeah and if if they're gonna if they're gonna criticize the UCP for putting up people who have political experience and then they're gonna kick and scream when the UCP has a go at them for putting up people who are what yoga instructions instructors and baristas uh, as happened in the last provincial election, right? Well, it's it's all deeply, deeply silly. I mean, I, and I suppose people deeply who, silly is exactly right, Paula. But, I mean, you know, looking at it from the outside, I mean, we know that there will be a province-wide election in May, so people might say, "Well, why, you know, why even bother?" But you can't let those seats sit empty. You have to fill them. They're, you know, when the UCP wins them, as they almost inevitably will, you know, the UCP will trumpet that and say, "See, see, see, this means that we have momentum and that we're going to," you know, it, it doesn't actually, I mean, it may mean that, but that is not, by-elections, that's not how they work. And these by-elections in high summer, um, you know, turnout is going to be abysmal. Uh, These are not going to be litmus tests for much of anything. I mean, if the UCP were to lose, it would be extraordinary, but I'm not expecting that. Yeah, like if the NDP could somehow walk away with that Fort McMurray seat, that would be amazing for them. So the NDP candidate is uh, Jane, Jane Stroud. She is a councillor, actually, up there. She's a three-term Fort McMurray councillor. So she, I mean, she's quite popular in yeah, terms of being a... Exactly. Um, so maybe that will put her in good stead. The uh, UCP candidate, candidate is a young lady called Layla Goodrich. Um, she actually ran in the, in the past uh, election... Uh, in a different seat, though, she ran in Grand Prairie Rap- Wapiti under the Wild Rose banner. She helped on Brian Jean's campaign, his unsuccessful leadership campaign. Um, but she's like, you know, she served in Ottawa, worked for MPs. She is very much a political, politico person. So well, while we're making fun of this, those are, in fact, two very credible, plausible candidates who would probably either of them make a fine MLA. So, you know, it's it's not that by-elections are meaningless, um, but... It's it's interesting because yeah I mean Stroud I'm trying to recall because there were Wood Buffalo councillors down here during the fire, mm. um, and I, I mean I seem to remember her being perfectly sensible, but I don't remember anything else much more about her at a time when uh, when councillors from Wood Buffalo were under a great deal of pressure. So I mean it, it's interesting. I mean I guess it's not completely impossible in a riding with extremely low turnout, if you were the NDP and you got your vote out, you could have an upset, but I I wouldn't bet a beer on it. <laughs> well, it's interesting. There was um there was another Fort McMurray councillor was chasing the uh, the nomination for the UCP. So that's an interesting little dynamic there on the uh, Fort McMurray Council too. There's also a go- uh, dude running for the Green Party, Brian DeHere, his name is. Um, he ran for the federal seat. Obviously didn't win it. What yeah, with being in the Green Party Fort, and all Fort McMurray Green hotbed of Green <laughs> politics, uh, and the Alberta Party does have a candidate in both by elections. Uh, the bloke up in Fort McMurray, his name's Sid Fayed. He is an interesting fellow. He's uh, born in Lebanon, actually. Moved out here when he was two years old. Moved to Alberta. Moved to Fort Mac in 2008. He's an entrepreneur. Has owned a bunch of businesses and was once on Dragons Den when he and some. He and some, I don't know, colleagues, I suppose, they they invented a tongue-mounted toothbrush. 
and took it to Dragon's Den oh, on CBC. Oh. <laughs> Bully's just running her arm. Uh, a tongue on her teeth. Oh. I know, because when I read that, I was like, how does that even work? And I started kind of thinking how you do it with your tongue on your teeth. Seems highly inefficient. Well, I don't know that uh, they got funding, so <laughs> you could be right. Um, the Alberta Party, as I said, do have someone running in Innisfail Sylvan Lake as well. Her name's Abigail Douglas. Uh, born in Russia, was adopted, now uh, lived on a penhold farm for the longest time. She um, served on Stephen Mandel's leadership campaign, which was successful, uh, so she decided to run the by-election. David Dreeshen is running for the UCP. He's the son of uh, an MP, Earl Dreeshen. So he's a farmer. He also has uh, – he worked for Jerry Ritz, actually, when he was federal agriculture minister. So he's had time in Ottawa as well. The NDP has a, a local teacher called Nicole Mooney, so she's also involved with the local union. Uh, she's only just recently become involved with the NDP, though. So. Are there any um, candidates from the Alberta Reform Party? Ha! Huh. Fun fact, Graham. Mm-hmm. No, there's not. There was Randy... Th- okay, uh-huh. so... I thought Randy Thorstenson was winning. Yeah, because I, I read, read your story and it had... Oh, we're going to bring this up, are we? So well, here's... Just a, so you can correct the record. Here is a fun fun side note. I had a story in today's paper and I had gone through, tried to contact everyone who was listed as, you know, an endorsed candidate, one of whom was Randy Thornstein for the Reform Party. So, you know, it says on the Alberta election site, in brackets after his name, endorsed, it doesn't say withdrawn, which is what usually happens when one withdraws from the race. So he emailed me this morning and was like, oh, I'm not actually running. I threw a couple of months ago. I'm like, oh, mate, you need to contact Elections Alberta. Wow, that's that's interesting because he's, I mean, he is a... I don't want to say a well-known name in Alberta politics, well, Graham, but Graham and is, I know so, his name. Exactly. <laughs> well, in some circles, he is well-known. Yeah. I mean, he he was the, what, the last leader of the SoCreds or the second last? I mean, he's he's been he's been involved with, with right-of-center yeah. uh, Christian-infused politics for a very long time in this province. Yeah. Well, he's not running. <laughs> so, so just you he know, was, but now he's not. Uh, so anyway, and no liberal candidates either. No, not a single liberal candidate. More beer and wider roads. <laughs> well, they're saving themselves. <laughs> For what, Graham? For the the big election next year, It'll take right. place in May, mm. according to the premier. You know, when she said eleven months out in a, uh, or beforehand, it was her quote, and I thought, aha. She's just given us the month of the election. So you're saying the Liberal Party isn't completely irrelevant? I'm saying it's going to be saving itself. That's why it's not running. Oh, come on. Keeping I, their powder dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Liberals basically to me are, are irrelevant. They've got a very nice guy as a leader, but they're losing the one MLA they have. David Swan is retiring. And if you've got the NDP and the Alberta Party, you know, fishing in the same waters as the Liberals. And uh, where would David Kahn run for a seat? Well, he did run, didn't he, in a by-election? He ran recently. in the Calgary right. by-election, but I mean, he's a Calgary in, guy. But next twenty in 2019, because he wouldn't, because David Swan's seat is going to be contested. Yeah, with, uh, I, it, to me, it's really irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul. and I don't want to sound. I'm here. I think it's liberals at one time were a powerhouse in this province. They actually, they actually formed Nin- government. 1905. Exactly. <laughs> 100 years ago. But even more recently, 1993, we know Lawrence Decor. Yeah, no, it's, oh, yeah. it's true. I mean, if, if history had, if things had broken a different way, oh, Lawrence Decor yeah. would have been premier instead of Ralph Klein. By a few that's, thousand it, votes. That's an alternate, you know, in an alternate timeline. Is it too much to hope Pub 1905 named themselves after that? <laughs> Well, no, Pub 1905, I mean, they named themselves presumably after the year Alberta became a province, which is when oh, Alexander right. Cameron I knew Rutherford that. became <laughs> the first liberal premier. <laughs> yeah, we do drink there every now and again. Now we know the history of the name. 
Never thought to ask before. Okay, let's move on to our last topic here very briefly because it's only little. It doesn't really matter about trade wars, trade tariffs, tariffs, wars, wheat, uh, steel, steel, aluminium. Aluminum. 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 You know, but um, the Americans have the <laughs> Americans have put a trade uh, tariff against aluminum. So I think that we should sell them aluminium. And if, <laughs> if we sold them out, there is yes. no tariff against aluminium. Yeah. That's perfect, Paula. Yeah. We'll just put me in charge or any other Australian or English person who pronounces it aluminium and spells it with an extra I in it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a different word. It's not just a, it's not just a different pronunciation. It's a different spelling. It is. I know. So there we go. So yes. So as we all know now, um, the Americans applied twenty five percent tariff on Canadian steel, ten percent tariff on Canadian aluminum. The uh, Canadians uh, answered back with Christia Freeland, who I still think of as even though she's not an Alberta MP, she's from Alberta. Um, you know got up and sweetly and politely said, you know, we're going to have matching tariffs, tit for tat, dollar for dollar. Um, we know what happened in uh, Quebec at the G7. It was all very ugly. Um, Stabbed in the back, Donald Trump was, don't you know? Don't you know? We never talk about Donald Trump on this podcast, do we? He's just Which not relevant nice to Alberta. Which is a reprieve from the <laughs> news of the world. That's true. But, you know, I mean, it... On top of that, today, right? Yeah, breaking, the latest news out of Japan. Breaking news this morning, Friday morning, is that Japan has banned the importation of Canadian wheat because a year ago, some road worker on the side of the road who was making an oil field road in southern Alberta tried to kill some stalks of wheat. I mean, they weren't in a field that people were going to eat from. Um, he tried to kill them with Roundup, and they wouldn't die. And so it's been determined that for some reason that nobody knows, they are genetically modified to be resistant to Roundup. There's not supposed to be Roundup-resistant wheat out there. Um, so even though this wheat never entered the food chain, was never going to enter the food chain, and even though GMO wheat is not shown to be dangerous in any way, the Japanese have closed their borders to Canadian wheat. And this is, you know... It's akin to what the Japanese did um, when we had a, a mad cow incident in Alberta where they banned the importation of Canadian beef for, for a long time afterwards. Um, this is, I mean, this is not good news for uh, Alberta wheat farmers in any way, shape, or form. And it just shows you that the kind of protect, once, once that protectionist virus gets out there, it, it starts to spread. Yeah, that is true. And China has turned around because, of course, America slapped China with tariffs, so China turned around this morning, I yep. think, as well, and yep. said, well, fine, we're putting the exact tariffs on the stuff we get from you. Bam, in your face, America. And you're quoting from the communique, I believe. Yeah, that's, that is a direct quote, yeah, from the Chinese course, government. Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump said this morning that, you know, Kim Jong-un's people in, in North Korea, when he says something, they sit up and pay attention, and he would like, you know, Americans to to give him the same deference, basically, that Kim Jong-un gets, <laughs> you know, because... Because um, he really deserves it. Well, but, and, people and pay Trump, attention to Kim Jong-un because, you know, he might actually kill them in a yeah. fit of peak. <laughs> so the U.S. can start opening some gulags and then uh, Americans will start taking attention. More Standing. beer and wider roads, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I guess, you know, if, if the worst... If the worst thing we have to worry about here is that our artis artisanal craft beer uh, <laughs> cannot be sold in other places and we have to buy their artisanal craft beer, I mean, it's a reminder, I suppose, that Canada's problems are tiny in the great scope of things. But, you know, the news today um, from Japan in relation to Canadian grain is is not good. So those tariffs, in addition to the steel 
and uh, and aluminum tariffs uh we're we're entering a very tricky passage i had a big fight i had a big argument in the newsroom yesterday with our friend david staples uh who thinks christia freeland should be fired because she's annoying the americans and that we should send somebody who's a, be- a better trump whisperer but i honestly don't know that there is any way I don't know I don't know who the person is who would magically be able to keep up with the shifting moods and temperaments of of a president who seems to be making it up as he goes along. Yeah. All right, let's move over to our regular segment, Good Stuff from the Gallery, in which we recommend things we have read or seen or listened to lately that we think you, dear listeners, will also enjoy. Clancy, do you want to kick it off? Um, I'll recommend on Netflix right now, there's a great true crime series called The Staircase, and it's about a novelist who's accused of murdering his wife and why or why not that may be true. Oh, I've seen that. It's come up under my recommendations. Yeah, it's going, it's like serial, so it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Paula? I've talked about Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History, before, but a particularly great episode dropped last night, um, which looks at the history of Mexican migration to the United States and the history of of U.S. immigration policy vis-a-vis Mexico and the southern border, which doesn't make it sound very interesting, but it is a brilliant podcast. It is funny and insightful and very counterintuitive, um, in which Gladwell makes an argument that if you had freer immigration, uh, you would actually have fewer migrants. So I will send you the link because you should listen to this. Yeah, oh, interesting. I'm going to recommend. Um, my husband Yuri and I went and saw uh, Irish comedian Dylan Moran last night, and he was very funny. And it just got me thinking that everyone should go and rewatch Black Books. It is a fantastic BBC series that is very funny. It's an about an alcoholic book shop owner who hates everybody. Who is Dylan Moran? And um, his comedy is great. And I'm sick of all the bad news in the world. Go and watch some comedy. Graham. Oh, I was going to mention uh, an article about Trump, but I won't. Um, (laughs) Instead, something uplifting. Not really. It's called, (laughs) it's a New York Times article called The Wounds of the Drone Warrior. It says, even soldiers who fight wars from a safe distance have found themselves traumatized. Oh, yeah, that certainly sounds uplifting. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I was being sarcastic. It's hard to translate sarcasm, right? Donald has that same problem. Whenever you speak is sarcastic. Oh, is it really? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so the article, it's interesting because you think people who are, you know, fighting drone wars are in an office in a base near Las Vegas and are dropping bombs on people around the world. The thing is, they spend eight hours doing this, and then they go off and get the kids from school and do the shopping. And the next day they're at Walmart. The next day they're back on a computer screen killing people. And it's starting to really create major problems for these um, these, these soldiers. That is intriguing because you don't even think about that. Yeah, because and also and think and they can't go home and, and and discuss their day with their spouses because it's all classified. Yeah. So they may have actually gone and killed people, and they can see it in high definition. Then, okay, shift's over. <laughs> okay, they got an email from their wife, or, uh, pick up the kids from school and pick up a, a liter of milk, or in the U.S., a quart of milk. And uh, and off they go home, and they can't discuss that they just killed a bunch of people. Yeah, oh. it's the future. And it's... Mm, what a great place. Um, what, what's the letter call in line? I have seen the future, and it's... A burning hellscape? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Hooray! On that... Oh, ha- I have seen the future, and it's murder. Sorry. Sorry about that, Leonard. Great. Uh, on that happy note, 
I would like to thank you all for coming along to another episode of the Press Gallery. Clancy, Paula, Graham, thank you once again. And a reminder to subscribe and leave us a review or a rating or whatever you want to do. And we will be back this time next week with more discussions about Alberta politics and fun on the Press Gallery. Thank you.